Well, good morning. Pray that all of you are well and cool this summer. Perhaps not. I know as I'm running back and forth, I'm like glazing over, breaking a sweat. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to invite you to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. We're going to anchor into verses 7 through 13 this morning. That's going to be our context. We are going to read actually verse 14 as well. So I don't want to surprise you. We're going to read that one as well. I think it's key to what God has for us. And so, Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. As you turn there, I want to welcome you back to this series um, on Mark's gospel entitled, Immediately, The Urgency of Jesus. Perhaps, maybe a bit of review that we have seen thus far in Mark's gospel. Jesus burst into the the scene with a message that the kingdom of God is at hand, and therefore repent and believe in the gospel. He has called his disciples We'll see more of that today and what they're called to do. He is teaching in parables. He is healing the sick. He's casting out demons of those that are possessed. He is showing his power over nature and the calming of the seas and the storm. He is raising the dead. And he is also, if you were here last week, he is being rejected Ascribed to be possessed, last week we saw Jesus even rejected in his hometown. And really what Mark is doing at this point in his gospel is in all of these identifying markers of Christ, he is saying to his readers like us this morning is that Jesus has all authority over everything in the universe. Over death, over life, over the possessed, over sicknesses, everything. Christ has authority. And up to this point, you probably have noticed the disciples are just kind of like, they're just extras. You know, they're just kind of there. They haven't done much. You've kind of seen them. But Jesus is kind of all in the limelight. He's taking all the spotlight. And we're okay with that. But what we notice today is that's all about to change. Great movie that came out in 1980. (laughs) If you were alive in 1980 with Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, portraying two brothers, Jake and Elwood, who were known better as the Blues Brothers, good. All right, so you're following me, you're tracking with me. So I, don't, I just want you to get some glimpse of this movie and then we'll let it go. They are reforming their blues band in order to raise funds to save a Catholic orphanage where they grew up. And this quest that they're on is commonly referred to by Elwood throughout the entire movie as a mission from God. Right? They are on a mission from God. The disciples are about to embark on a mission from God. You could really say that they are becoming ambassadors of Christ. 
An ambassador, as you know, represents the United States of America or an ambassador to the United Nations is sent by a country as its official representative. To be an ambassador, you are essentially the hands, the feet, and the voice of what you are representing. And essentially, they are becoming ambassadors on a mission from God. But a word of warning, I I think, for us as readers here this morning, we need this warning because this this passage, namely, is kind of in your face. As we apply it, it, it will get up close and personal with your life. And, and that can make us squirm a little bit. We may not like that. But as we apply this, it's going to speak to your life as an ambassador for Christ or as a witness. But not only that, at the outset of this passage, I, what I don't want this passage to become, that I think sometimes it does for readers like you and me, is that we can see what God wrote here for us, but we can dismiss it as if to say, okay, this is really just for people who wear stoles, who have a collar. This is really just for people, this passage just applies for those that are on the mission field. Wrong. Let me be crystal clear this morning. If you are a disciple of Christ, this passage applies to you. Whether you're young or whether you're old. And what it shows us today as a community of disciples here at St. Paul's is what does it mean to be on mission for Christ? On mission for Christ. So there are three, I think, defining traits marked by your life when you are on mission for Christ. You ready? Here's number one. When you are on mission for Christ, you have come from Christ. You are from Christ. Flip back to chapter 1 and verse 16. Chapter 1, verse 16, the context there is Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees two brothers, right? Simon, Andrew, and they are fishing. And he says to them, what? Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of what? Of men. I will make you become fishers of men. It's not like it was waving a wand, you know, and you're a fisherman. I will make you become fishers of men. Turn to chapter 3 and verse 13, which is really key. Verse 14 is key. Jesus goes up onto the mountain. He calls his disciples to him. And verse 14 is so key to what I think is going on here in Mark 6. He appoints the twelve so that they might what? Be with him, and he might send them to do what? To preach. To preach the gospel. Right? They have been eating meals with him. They have been walking through the Galilean hillsides. They've been with him as people 
were healed. They have been with Him as He taught in the synagogues and the parables. They have been with Him in a boat as He calmed the storm. They've been with Him as He raised Jairus' daughter. They have been with Him last week, as you remember, when they went back to Nazareth and He's rejected. The foundation of this mission is that you have been with Jesus. And so we come to chapter 6 and we look at verse 7 and we see three words that are profound from Jesus. Called, send, and authority. Right? They are called from Jesus. They are sent from Jesus. And they are given authority from Jesus. These are just ordinary men, right? These are, these are just a, a ragtag bunch of fellows that now are on mission for God. Which says to us what? Don't ever think that you can't be used by God. Don't ever leave this sanctuary out those doors thinking, God just cannot use me. I just don't have my life together. I don't, I don't have this together. You can be used by God. Remember Amos? You've heard, you heard Amos, the reading this morning. Amos, I think, reiterates the same sentiment, right? I was no prophet, nor a prophet's son. I was just a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs. Amos is basically saying, listen, I'm just a farmer, I'm nothing special. But the Lord took me from the following of the flock. And the Lord said to me, what? Go and prophesy to my people Israel. Now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Hear that? Called, he took me. Sent, go prophesy. Authority, therefore, hear the words of Yahweh. On mission for Christ means you have come from Christ. Secondly, on mission means trusting Christ, trusting Jesus. Notice verse 8. I love verse 8. He charged them to take nothing for their mission except a staff, but no bread, no food, no bag, no money, in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. I think there is some principle that comes out of this verse that teaches us that there is something to the simplicity of life. <laughs> right? So that doesn't mean that we should go home and clean out our garages. But it may mean that we just need to get a little more simplified with life. More flexibility, more mobility when it comes to being on mission for Christ. Being on mission for Christ does not require you to have a bunch of stuff. But I believe what Jesus is really teaching us and teaching his disciples is this is training in trust. This is dependence upon God for this mission. Amen? 
This is dependence upon God. It, it has reminded me of Elijah. Right? Remember the story of Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishba and Gilead? Elijah goes, sent by God, to go to King Ahab to proclaim to King Ahab, there shall neither be dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord then came to him and said what? Go to the brook of Cherith. And God says there at the brook at Cherith, I will supply you two things. Water to drink, and it's going to come from the brook. You remember how Elijah was fed? You Bible nerds out there? By ravens, right? He, God said, I will feed you by ravens coming to you and supplying you food. Ravens came and they fed him. And after a while, what happened to the water in the brook? Dried up. I mean, can you imagine? Don't, don't we do this? God, you sent me here and now I have nothing. What are you doing? Training and trust. God is saying, you will depend on me for everything. It's exactly what he was doing with Elijah. It's exactly what he's doing with the disciples. Being on mission does not mean you all of a sudden go rogue. Being on mission for Jesus means you put your trust in Jesus for everything. Lastly, being on mission for Christ means you preach Jesus in all that you do. You preach Jesus in all that you do. Notice verses 12 through 14. So they went out and they proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons, anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. And then here's verse 14. This is what you didn't hear read this morning. I think it's key. King Herod, what? He heard of it for Jesus' name had become known. They proclaim that people should repent. That remind you of anything? They're doing exactly what Jesus was doing in chapter 1, verse 15. Remember what Jesus was doing in chapter 1, verse 15? The kingdom is now at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And Jesus prepares them, doesn't he, for some that will simply not listen. Which means for us that preaching Jesus sometimes will get you killed in some places of the world. If you don't believe that, just keep reading. Because <laughs> John the Baptist is beheaded for the sake of Christ. Preaching Jesus is not always a party. Preaching Jesus can be offensive. And so he says to them what? Shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. Literally, shake the dust of defilement off your feet that it may not follow you. I think it's really saying this. These people, these disciples who came to us in such simplicity, declaring a word of truth with great authority, confronted by our animosity are dead serious about what they're saying. So much that they are going to the outskirts of town and shaking the dust off their feet. 
And they were. And so are we about this message. Verse 14 is so key. Jesus' name had become known. The effect of these 12 on mission is that Jesus is being talked about all over the place. Jesus' name is on the lips of people. Jesus is in the minds of people. Jesus is being magnified by the mission. King Herod is not talking about a bunch of guys in and of themselves. No, the death blow to King Herod's rule as a king is one name and one message, Jesus Christ. So here's the question this morning. Here's, here's the application, the rubber, where the rubber meets the road. This is lots of questions just come flowing out of this verse. So ready? Here they are in application. Are you and am I on mission for Christ? Am I with Jesus I may come to church on Sunday mornings, but I may not be at church on Sunday mornings. You know what I'm saying? You can sit here, and you may just be somewhere else, (laughs) on a beach, somewhere, right? I mean, you're just like, you can look like you're with God, but not be with God. Am I with Jesus? What is my fellowship with Jesus like on Monday? It may look great on Sunday, but what's it like tomorrow and Tuesday? Am I trusting God for all things in my life? Maybe a better question would be, have I ever trusted God with all, for things in my life? Have I ever done that? Have I just always been supplied everything for my life? What am I preaching I want you to know this morning that everyone in this room is preaching something. Your life is declaring what you value. Where you store your treasures. You're preaching something. And so what do your children see on a daily basis? You students in this room, you young people, what is it that people see on your life? What do they see you preaching? Is it Jesus? And do I magnify Jesus in all that I do? One writer, I think, puts it best. And let me just leave you with this. To be a witness is not to be involved in propaganda or even stirring things up. To be a witness is to live in such a way that if God did not exist, your life would make no sense. That's what a witness for Christ means. And so, brothers and sisters, as we debark out of these doors every Sunday... I pray that God would send us the love of Christ in such a way that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would be on mission for Christ in the community that God sends us to. 
And that would be identified by our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Pray that this would not just be an exercise of information. Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, make it an exercise of transformation.